Welcome to the New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, the New Mind Creator. Today, I'll be interviewing Dr. Sharon Grossman. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you'll receive alerts when new episodes are available on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, please leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify. Always want to become a psychologist. No, as a matter of fact, and, you know, I'm, I'm now completing a book and I actually wrote the story in the introduction because it's, um, I think it's really actually funny. I don't know if you remember this from school, but we used to play this game MASH. Sounds familiar. Right? It's like you used to play this game and I don't remember how you did it. It was like on paper with columns and you'd write like M-A-S-H and it would stand for mansion, apartment, shack or house. And they would do all these categories of like what do you want to be when you grow up and how many kids are you going to have and what kind of car are you going to have so they would do all these this like a children's game um and so one of the things was people were always asking like what are your careers and you would give them four names and then they would um do some sort of counting and would cross off things and then they would circle the one where you ended up and they would tell you you're going to live in this kind of place and have this kind of car and do this kind of work um so Really, the, the point of the story is that a lot of kids my age growing up would say, oh, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a singer. I want to be an actor, whatever it was. And I always felt like I had no idea what I wanted to be. Um, it was really like a mystery for me. And um, after we moved back to Israel, I finished, the, uh, the, I finished high school. And then they have compulsory army um, service that you have to do. And for women, it's two years. And I knew that at the end of those two years, I would have to figure out what I wanted to study because I was going to college. And I was like, well, I have to really pick a major that's going to align with whatever career I want. And I had no idea what that would be. And so I made it my mission during those two years to just really focus on reading different things and taking different courses and trying to find myself really. And um, I was like, okay, there's a lot of things that I could be interested in. And I like to do all different kinds of things. But um, what I was noticing is that I was reading a lot of more kind of self-help books and um, self-care books, things about mind and body And so I started to pay attention to that. And I was like, well, maybe I should take like an intro to psychology class just to see what it's all about. Because I didn't know anything about psychology. Um, And I did. I took a course. And I was like, wow, I have no idea what they're talking about. But it sounds really interesting. So I'm like, you know, I think I want to try this out. Because it was like the one thing that really held my attention more than anything. And I remember when I started college... My dad said to me, um, just remember that if you decide that this isn't for you, that it's okay and you can try something different, you know? So he was kind of giving me that permission to change my mind. And, um, and I never did because I found it so fascinating. And the more I learned, the more I wanted to learn. Um, <clears throat> and so it became this thing about like really – 
doing something and and this was this is one of the driving forces and why it was so hard for me to make up my mind was because I was really um I really wanted to find something that would be a fit where I would feel really passionate about the work and I wanted to uh find really a career that I could that I could do with all my heart and um and it just so happened that this is where I landed. Um, and then it started out by being like this big passion. And then it became about, I really want to be competent in what I'm doing because I'm going to be helping other people. And so what happened was then I went to graduate school and I had no intention of doing a doctorate degree. I'm like, oh, you know, that's just for ego. And like, I don't need that for my ego. Like, I just really want to get a master's degree and get my license and start helping people. Well, um, I finished the master's program and I felt like I didn't really know enough that I felt comfortable putting myself in front of other people who were needy as like the expert. I was like, no, I feel like I need to learn more. Um, And so then I went back to school and I did a doctorate program and you know, the thing about it was because it was a, there's different kinds of uh, doctorate degrees in psychology. The ones, the, the one, the school that I was going to had was a PhD, but then there's also what they call a PsyD, which is based more on clinical experience versus um, research. And so my school didn't have that. So my, uh, a lot of the training that I got initially was about doing statistics so that you could be like a good researcher and things like that. Um, and I felt like, well, that's really helpful if you want to be, um, you know, if you want to be a professor or you want to do research, um, if you want to be a clinician, it's a little less helpful. Um, and so I, I just kept going and I just kept looking for new ways to learn like really practical, I just wanted to have practical skills that I could teach, right? And so I kept uh, just going at it and looking for more, more and more ways to fill in those gaps. And uh, when I finished my program, I started working for a nonprofit organization in the Bay Area. And they really trained us very heavily in cognitive behavioral therapy. So I got a lot of training around that Um, And when I finished working there, I I went into private practice. And I have to tell you that I learned more in the years that I've been in private practice than I had in like all the years of my school and all the years even working in this nonprofit because I had this freedom to just pursue things on on my own and uh, learn from my my work with my clients. And so that's been really super rewarding to be able to find things that actually fit my personality, um, my interests, my passions. And so it's been, it's actually been a very cool journey. What was your thesis on in your doctoral program? I was looking at something called chronic disorganization. So the idea was that lots of people are very disorganized and I wanted to find out why. Um, So what I did was I created an assessment measure 
to figure out like if you're disorganized you could take this assessment and find out is it because you have like attention deficit is it because you are a hoarder is it because you're depressed you know I wanted people to find out what was the root cause of their external behavior so that they can get treatment for that um, rather than just focusing on that external factor and I think that's actually like a common theme of how I work in general, where um, I'm always looking for what's underneath. Okay. So what caused you to create the Academy for High Achievers? So um, in the last few years, I've been really splitting my time between my therapy practice and coaching. And um, I really wanted to specialize in a certain area. And the area that I specialize in, and and this is really what I've written my book on, is the area of burnout, professional burnout. Um, Partly because, as I said, when when I was picking my career, I really wanted it to be something that I could sustain. And it's, you know, because I'd heard so many times people say how, um, oh, I don't want to go to work. You know, there was like this, this thing that people really struggle with um, about not really loving the work that they do. And, uh, and I was like, okay, so people are, are struggling in that area. And then there's people who actually love their work, but then it becomes too much for them, right? And they're really stressed out and so forth. And what I found is that more than anything, the people who push themselves the most, these what we call high achievers, those are the people who tend to burn out the most. And so I decided that I was going to just focus um, mostly on people who are in that category and help them to really thrive in their, in their work and in their personal life. And so I created the Academy for High Achievers where uh, it's a place where I can put um, different offerings for them, where, whether it's an online course or an ebook or you know, different, different resources so that they can find different ways to help themselves because not everybody uh, can afford coaching and not everybody's interested in coaching. And sometimes people just need uh, resources to figure out what's happening for them. And so I, I, I thought I found it really important to st- have people start somewhere. Are you a high achiever as well? So it's, it's an interesting question. And I think that um, even with high achievers, there's probably a spectrum. Um, and I definitely would say I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm kind of this go, go, go personality. So from that perspective, you could say I might be like a high achiever. Um, but I don't see myself in the same way as some of the high achievers that I've worked with who um, really get out of balance and really burn out. And that's because um, while I'm, I'm interested in achievement, I'm even more interested in balance. So for me, it's like, I want to have it all, you know, I want to be able to have an amazing career that I love. And I want to have a family and I want to have like my me time. So I have my like morning routine that we talked about. So for me, it was really about like, how can I have 
the balance piece. And that means that I'm not going to give any one of those areas too much of me. Um, it, was try- it was more about figuring out how I can have it in a more moderate fashion. So um, I think what I see with a lot of high achievers is that um, they sometimes find themselves in these situations where they they feel like it's it's choking them a little bit too much and and it's really fine it's it's hard for them to find breathing room um and it becomes so much that they they're always like trying to keep up and and push themselves more 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 and then what happens eventually is that there's no more left to give and then they have to kind of give up altogether and then they start to think like there's something wrong with them um because, hey, I used to be able to do this thing and now I can't. So what's wrong with me, you know? And so my kind of mission has been to really educate people on what burnout looks like because people have heard the term, but when they're going through it, they don't necessarily understand that this is what it is for them. You know, they don't really understand like how to name it, right? Um, And so I think it's important for people to be able to understand what actually it looks like because we think of burnout as like this is what happens when you're burned out like at the end of the of the game it looks like this but it's like but there's this whole process that you go through before you get to that end result and as you're going through it if you figure out that this is happening you can actually do something about it right and so I really tried to focus on helping people understand what's happening for them and what they can do and really empower them. Because one of the things about burnout is you feel very disempowered. Like this is happening to me and there's nothing I can do. And I feel really helpless, you know, so it can bring up a lot of these very negative feelings. Um, so I want, I want to do two things. I want to help people be able to assess for themselves. And I want to then teach them how to, do things that help reverse it, how to take care of themselves, how, you know, what to look out for, all these kinds of things. So um, I've actually created a little workbook that people can download for free from my website that helps them assess because there's three main symptoms to burnout and it takes them through all these three phases and asks them kind of like in a checklist, do you have this? Do you have this? Do you have this? So that they can start to say like, oh yeah, I'm in phase one, I'm in phase two, I'm in phase three, and then actually look at um, how to recover. And it gives them like tons of different options and then has all these places where they can jot down what they're going to do and how they're going to do it and kind of plan it out so that they're working through it for themselves. And so um, just one of the resources that I've tried to create to give people that opportunity and, and really educate themselves. What has been the feedback you've received so far? You know, it's so interesting because oftentimes, like I said, people don't even realize that they're burning out. So some of the feedback has been, you know, people will start out by saying like, oh, I've been going through this and I've been going through that. And then I say like, it sounds like you're burning out. And they'll be like, oh, that that makes sense. You know, like it's it's almost like, the light bulb went off for them. And, um, and I think there's as you know, it's kind of like when you go to the doctor and you're like, doc, you know, my hip's been hurting a lot or, 
you know, I've been having stomach aches and I really don't know what's going on. And, and I think part of the anxiety for people is not understanding why they're having certain symptoms. You know, it's like, there's something wrong with me, but I don't know what it is, you know? So the not knowing makes people even more anxious. So um, as much as it's not like a pleasant thing to say, like, oh, you have X syndrome, what have you. um, Sometimes people are actually very pleased to know because then it's like, oh, now I can put it into perspective and I understand why I'm having this experience. And now it's really not about focusing on that, but because I know what the problem is, I can focus on a solution that's associated with that, right? And I think that in and of itself is very empowering, um, especially when you're like, there is something I can do about it. And here, here's what it is. And now it's just about doing it, right? And so I want people to have the information. And um, people have really taken some of the things that I've shared with them and made amazing changes and come back and told me, you know, how um, they've advanced in their careers or they uh, were thinking, a lot of times people think like they're, they're, people are very focused externally. So when they're having a bad experience in their work, they right away jump to, I should just quit and get another job. Right. And this whole idea of like, if I went somewhere else, then it would be easier. But so much of it, and this is essentially the whole um, premise of my book, is it's about this inner journey. It's about kind of looking at what are you bringing to the table that's contributing to this? Because you take yourself wherever you go. So you're going to go to the next job and you reenact a lot of the same stuff. And it's not always the case, right? I mean, obviously, there are external factors that affect people's uh, experience. But so much of the time, it's because we're perfectionists and we're demanding too much of ourselves, and so we burn out. Or because um, we don't have good boundaries and we don't know how to say no, and we take on whatever people ask us to do, and then we feel completely overwhelmed and we burn out. So there's all these things that we actually have to work on ourselves in order to have a different experience. And so that's, um, that's part of why I created that online academy to really share this with people and and why I wrote the book to really share this with people and help them see like all the ways in which this can manifest and all the different things that they can do to get in in charge of you know to be kind of like the ringmaster if you will to take control of their mind to really have a better insight to have Uh, more developed skills, whether it's emotional intelligence, whether it's um, mindfulness, whatever it is that is going to help them have a better experience in the workplace. It's kind of like your situation that you had with your daughter instead of ultimately, I know you had the phases that you went through, uh, but ultimately you decided you made a decision to look inward, right? instead of just looking at the external when this is happening. So you empowered yourself actually by going inward. And that's what more people should do when they realize the different effects that you've laid out in burnout, then they can become empowered, not something happening to them, but something they can do about whatever situation situation is going on. Exactly. And I think um, 
in general in life, the more you can help yourself, the stronger you're going to feel, the more confident you're going to be. Um, it's really about being resilient. And that's one of the things I teach people is how to become more resilient in the face of stress, because stress comes in all different flavors and it's always around. And it's not about like, how do I avoid it? But it's more about how do I manage myself so that I can be in any situation and be okay? Sure. Exactly. Because, yes. So what is the name of your book? So the name of my book is The 7E Solution to Burnout, The Inner inner Guide to um, Helping High Achievers. Um, Trying to remember the subtitle. Um, It's it's basically about the inner guide for high achievers um, so that they can have optimal performance at work. And um, it's now, it's not out quite yet. It's... um, it's still in the editing phase, but it's coming out very, very soon. Um, and in it, I highlight, as the title suggests, seven solutions, and they each start with the letter E, hence the title. Um, so it's, it starts off with emotional intelligence so that you can really be self-aware of what your needs are, because part of why people burn out is they're not really focusing on their needs or trying to Make sure they take care of their boss's needs and their workplace needs and their colleagues' needs and their family's needs. And so it's really about, like, can you be some, somewhere in that equation, you know? And so some self-awareness is needed for that. Um, and in there, I also teach them about other aspects of emotional intelligence. But that's really one that I think is important to highlight. And then from there, it's about empowerment. So we talked about that a little bit. And the way that I talk about empowerment in the book is really about um, being aware of your energy, almost like, you know, when you're driving and you've got that gauge in the car and you're like, oh, the, the fuel is running really low. So it's like to have that sort of concept for yourself in terms of your energy levels and what you're doing um, to really be able to assess is the thing that I'm doing or the people that I'm around, are they energy drains or are they helping me have more energy? So that by being aware of that and actually fine tuning what you're doing and who you're around can help you be more empowered. Um, And then it's about engagement in your work. And so I incorporate a lot of research um, about that and just all the different aspects of my book. There's a lot of resources to uh, research that has been done. So this is not stuff I'm making up. I'm just kind of putting it all together for you. Um, but it's really how to get into a state of flow. And I actually have that. One of the examples that I talk about is playing piano. And if that's the thing that you're doing or any sort of activity that you're doing um, where you're coming back day after day and you're able to get into that state of flow within that activity, that's, that's what we're going for. And talking to people like how to be able to optimally get into the zone um, with their work so that it feels like time is just flying by and, and you're really enjoying what you're doing. Um, so that's engagement. And then we talk about um, how to, uh, let's see. So uh, talked about Uh, there's there's effort. We talk about effort. We talk about energy, and we talk about um, enlightenment. 
So there's all different E's in there. Um, I, I end with this whole piece on mindfulness and the practice of meditation and how to really get in control of your mind. So there's, there's all different stuff in there. Um, and again, I tell people that they're part of it is, uh, skills that build on themselves and, uh, and other things you can kind of weave in and out from, but the, the point is to give them lots of information and lots of things that they can do. And then within the book, I've also given them exercises that they can uh, do to really practice applying some of these skills and then tying it into some more online resources as well. Great. So what is your social media contact information? <clears throat> so um, I am primarily on LinkedIn. Um, so you can find me under Sharon Grossman. Um, and then I'm also on Facebook uh, and the Facebook page is Coaching by Sharon. Um, and I have an account with uh, Instagram with the same name, Coaching by Sharon. Um, I'm, not, I'm not on some of the other social media platforms, uh, but I do have a YouTube channel. So again, if you, if you look for that, there's a lot of videos on burnout. Um, and if you're curious and you just want like one uh, quick way to find all the different social medias, you could just go to my website and I've got all those little buttons there that take you directly to all of my social media accounts. And that website is coachingbysharon.com. Excellent. And to end uh, this interview, I'll ask mm -hmm. all my guests this one question, and that is, what's your one to grow on? Meaning, what piece of valuable information would you like to leave with our audience? So I would say this, and um, one of the things that I really try to highlight in my book, too, is that especially if you're a high achiever, um, so many of us focus on just accomplishing more and more and having more and feeling like that is going to help us feel more valuable in the world. And while um, it's really great to be able to do that, the most important thing in life is really about relationships. And so I would have you really try and focus on how you can have better relationships with the people around you um, and, you know, work should be about um, being something that is really fulfilling and hopefully something that you're passionate about, but even more important, something that feels meaningful to you. So if you can have that and really outside of that, spend, you know, a good amount of quality time with the people around you then you will really live your life to the fullest. I think that's really the biggest, I don't know if you want to call it secret, because I think it's pretty well known, but the thing that maybe sometimes we overlook the most, um, and, and uh, I actually cite this in my book, there was a woman who wrote a book about, uh, she was like a palliative care nurse, and she wrote this book where she interviewed a lot of her dying patients and asked them, what are your biggest regrets about life? And almost all of them said that I didn't take the time to have better relationships with the people in my life. And I think we get it, we get, we kind of fall into this trap when we focus too much on our career and on advancing and on making more money and having more stuff that we 
burnout and um, we just feel miserable and we feel lonely. And it's really not about that. It's about how to live more fully with people who you love. And, um, and that brings really a quality to your life. Thank you for listening to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. This podcast has been sponsored by Abundant Sports and True Serum. Head over to www.mauriceflornoy.com to receive more motivation and insight to help create your new mind.